Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today, and I'm here with my guests. Why don't you introduce us to you and tell us a little bit about what high-demand religion you left? Well, I was part of a Pentecostal church. They actually say they're non-denominational, but they're rooted in Pentecost. So basically, they're Pentecostal. And what made you want to leave? Well, in my marriage, I really just started to question not really the religion itself at the time, but just the fact that things were being preached to us where people were not living according to what they were preaching. So I had a huge problem with that. So my ex-husband's parents were the pastors. And being in the pastor family, you know people in a different way. And so I just felt it was very hypocritical, a lot of things that were going on there. And now that I'm out of it, I have a totally different view on everything. It's honestly just different ends of the spectrum, honestly. But that's really what made me start questioning things, just the point that so much was being shoved down our throats to be so holy. And yet there were things going on that were not holy at all. So without divulging details, can you give some examples? Pretty much like I don't agree with the fact that, you know, I mean, I think it's great if you want to save your city. I do. That's wonderful because there are people that obviously have things, you know, vices that that are crippling to not just them, but to society. My qualm is, is when you are hell bent on saving the city and you'll go pray for the drug addict or you'll go pray for the homeless people. But yet the lady that sits two pews behind you, you gossip about her. That to me is like, this is horrible. You, we know the people here, you know? And so it's just things like that. Again, just being in it, you know, a lot about people that sometimes you wish you didn't know. Like I said, being in the pastor's family, there were things that people brought to them in council that would be discussed when we were having dinner at his parents' house. And honestly, I feel like if Sister So-and-so wanted me to know that about her, she would have told me. I felt like they were abusing their privilege as pastors. And other things that I didn't agree with, which caused multiple fights in our marriage, (laughs) you know, like when people left the church, it wasn't, I mean, and these were not people that just came in and sat a few Sundays. Like these were people that were there eight, 10 years, like since they started the church and they left the church and everybody was just kind of like, whatever about it, you know, like if they want greener pastures, let them go find it. And my reply was, what kind of shepherd lets his sheep just leave the flock and you don't even question it? Like they would never even find out, which looking back now, they know why they left. They just didn't really want to, you know, disclose that information to everyone else. And it's like when somebody left, it's like they were just cut off. Like nobody talked to him anymore. They weren't invited to birthday parties anymore. And honestly, it was no different for me when I left. Like two people at that whole church still talk to me. Everybody feels like they have to pick a side, even though there's no side to be picked. 
But that was just a lot of what I had problems with. And again, I just had a problem with leaders in the church. You're pushing people to be leaders and you're pushing people for this, you know, and you don't even live up to what you say everybody else should live up to. And it's just, like I said, extremely hypocritical. When you brought it to someone's attention, there was always a loophole, always. So those are kind of things. That's just some of the things that I noticed that really bothered me. Now, did you grow up in it or did you grow up in another faith or how was that for you when you were growing up? Were you in another faith? When I grew up, my parents always felt like church was a personal decision. So when we were kids and we wanted to go to Sunday school, we would go to Sunday school in a Baptist church because a lot of our friends went to the Baptist churches. Around my teenage years, like everybody, I got out of church and I started doing, you know, things, just being a teenager, experiment, being wild, whatever you want to call it. And when I was 28, um, I had a six-year-old son at the time. And, you know, he had never been to church. And I just was at a point in my life where I just felt like we needed to get in church. I think like so many other people, you're looking for purpose. You're looking for what is your reason for being here. And a friend invited me to that church. So I didn't realize until the first service that I went with her that it was Pentecostal when the preachers started speaking in tongues. Because I had never been exposed to that. I've heard of it. But I've never been exposed to it until then. So... Where you didn't grow up in that denomination, how was it for you seeing what they teach teenagers about purity? Well, even in Baptist faith, like they try to push purity, but the difference is there's not so much like hell and brimstone approach to it. Like I have a five year old and a seven year old now, as well as my older child. And from the time they're babies in the nursery, they start talking, teaching them about hell and the lake of fire and just all of these scare tactics. I didn't, you know, I, I just associate purity, though, with every religion, you know. But the Pentecostals really push purity among adults, too, honestly. You know, it was my ex-father-in-law, the preacher, all the time, you know, when he got on his rants about sexual immorality he made sure to put it in there if you're sleeping with someone that you're not married to you're just as guilty you know very interesting and now that you've been out how has your life been better honestly I am able to live my life (laughs) and I've realized that I have spent all of these years obsessing about what happens when I die And at this point, I'm just like, I don't want to worry about what's going to happen when I'm not alive anymore, because I feel like that you don't have a life. I mean, you're too busy being on pins and needles. You know, was I wrong for getting upset about that? Was I, you know, out of line for saying this? And that's truly the conviction that they want you to feel every day. It was said one time, if you're not convicted, then you're you're not doing something right in your search to be Christ. And I could never imagine why would a God so loving want you to wake up every day and feel like crap about something. So in that sense, I think now 
I'm just living and I'm not worried about, you know, so much about what happens when I die. You know, am I going to go to hell? I've had a lot of things going on in the last year just from between going through the divorce and realizing that I didn't even know like religious trauma was a thing until a few months ago. I didn't even realize I was brainwashed until I was talking to a therapist. And I will never forget that guy because he he didn't even just out and say it. He let me come to my own conclusion in my own time that what was done is just not right. So now it's kind of like dealing with the aftermath of it. And then I have my kids and we have joint custody. So I do worry about them. I'm terrified for them at what's going to come whenever they're older or they start wanting to make their own decisions. But as far as me now, I feel like honestly, like I'm free. I can't explain it. I'm free. I don't have to worry so much about that, you know. And now does your ex-husband still go? Yeah, he still goes. That's his parents' church. That was a lot of our issues, even in our marriage, when I was trying to have us work on our marriage, because when, like me and his mom didn't always get along. And it's really hard to take spiritual advice from someone after they like basically slit your throat. And then you want to go to church and and speak in tongues and prophesy over people. Meanwhile, I'm over here looking at her like, honestly, just like, what the hell? This is not the person that I know, you know, and so you see that different side of people and it's really hard because church was always like a sacred place for me. And so it was really hard to open up. So I would not go to church a lot of times, especially whenever we were having fallen outs, which was quite often. And I would even ask him, can we just go one Sunday a month to a different church just so we can have something that's ours and And that was always shot down. And so, yeah, he's still there. He's still the worship leader. And he's still doing everything they want him to do. And that's his life. That's his choice. And now where you talked about religious trauma, do you go to another church? Are you like taking a break or where are you at there? Honestly, I did try to go to another church because I wanted my kids to have some sense of normalcy. But when I went to the church, honestly, I was just in a different place. And I'm like, I just can't buy this stuff. And honestly, if I had to say I was anything now, I would say I'm more of like agnostic or something. I want to believe there's a higher power. But is it Jesus who died on a cross? I just personally, I don't really believe it. And then looking at the stuff that I believed without question because I had blind faith. You know, honestly, I feel like a moron sometimes because I'm just, you know, like, why did I believe that again? And even reading the Bible, it contradicts itself. And I'm not trying to in any shape, form or way push my beliefs on anybody at all. But like it contradicts itself. So a lot of times whenever he would use the word against me, I clap back with something else and say, well, it also says, and then his face drops and I go, so what is it? And that's when a lot of times, like if you did question something, they made you, well, in my case, he always made me feel like you need to do a heart check. There's something wrong with your faith. You don't have faith. And it's like you're this horrible, shameful person for having a simple question. But now I just, I really don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe that I need to have a Bible or a preacher or a church 
or a belief in God to be a good person because I'm still a good person. I'm doing the best I can do every day. I help people the same. I treat people the same, but I just don't believe in that anymore. <laughs> yeah. What is the phrase? There's no love like Christian love or something like that. Yeah. Well, one thing I told my brother, actually, I said, I don't have to like convert people to atheism because the church does a good enough job of doing that. And I'm proof of that. <laughs> and now what are three tips you have for people looking to leave a high demand religion? I mean, my thing is, is if you're going to a place three, four, how many ever times a week they require you to go and you have this immense pressure to tithe and to do this. And you always feel like every time you almost reach the peak level of holiness, the bar gets moved up a little bit and you're not finding peace, then maybe that's not for you. One thing that I've really learned and I've learned to appreciate and value was my, my peace. And, you know, when being somewhere all the time and, you know, this guilt of having to miss a service or you feel like you're doing something wrong, that's not peace. And if you still want to believe in God or you whatever, you can believe in God. You don't even have to go to a church. I just, if they're questioning it and they're seeing things that do not sit right with them, pay attention to the red flags. I, I waited so long. And in the end, like I was just miserable. But just listen to yourself and find your peace. Like, your peace. What brings you peace? Those are great tips. Anything else you'd like to add today? No, not really. I'm not bitter at the people there or anything like that. I don't want it to ever be perceived that that's how it is. Hurt, yes. Appalled at some of the leaders, absolutely, that they abuse their power to get people to do and jump on on their bandwagon. I feel like a lot of things are twisted, even from what's printed in the good book. It's totally twisted up. And it honestly just makes me sick because there are people that go into churches completely broken. And when they leave, they're just shattered beyond repair because of the damage that people do. And it's heartbreaking. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you for coming on and have a great day. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.